Good morning. It's Pastor Mike Letterman, ChristLives.org. My sermon today is based on a sermon by one of my professors in seminary, Dr. John Piper. I've added some things to it, modified from it, but the heart of this was not originally my work. It was Dr. Piper's. The text today comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. It's called, Do Not Lose Heart. So today, do we have anyone that's listening to the sound of my voice, that's hoping, praying, or longing for someone to sing something, or pray something, or preach something that would strip all your hope away? Did anyone come here hoping to be discouraged? Or did anyone come to the show today hoping that someone would knock all the wind out of your sails? Now, I don't believe anyone came here that way today. Nobody came here saying, please hurt me. Please strip away all my motivation for serving the Lord. Please discourage me. Please defeat me. We came here today listening and looking for the opposite, didn't we? We came here looking for encouragement or seeking hope or desiring to be motivated to do greater things in the Lord. We came here looking for help in our lives. If I told you there was a secret that would allow you to have hope in this world, would you want to know what it was? You see, in a world that's filled with hopelessness, discouragement, and defeat, if I told you that I knew a way you could live out your life every day and not lose heart, would you refuse to hear me tell you that secret? Of course not. That's why you're here. Let's read from the Word of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. This is the King James Version. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. In this text, Paul tells us that he's found the secret to staying encouraged in the Lord. In verse 16, Paul says, For which cause we faint not. And literally that means we do not lose heart. Paul knows the secret to not losing heart, and he shares that secret with us in this passage. I want to spend our time in these verses today. As we prepare to ring in the new year, I want to preach on the thought, do not lose heart. I want to show you some things, some truths in these verses that will help you to faint not, even when life is at its most discouraging. Go with me through this text if you're interested in being encouraged, motivated, and in having hope in the Lord. If that's not what you want, then you're free to go. You might as well turn off your radio, your internet, or whatever, and go turn on the football game. But if you want the secret, hear what Paul has to say as we preach on the subject, do not lose heart. You know, verse 16 is an incredible statement. In verse 16, Paul says, For which cause we faint not. Now that is in of itself an amazing statement. The word faint here refers to a failing of the heart. So the phrase can be read this way, We do not lose heart. 
Paul is telling us, regardless of what comes his way, he does not give up, he does not give in, he does not give out. He does not lose heart. It's pretty easy to lose heart, isn't it? It's so easy to come to a place where you're ready to throw in the towel, lay down your burdens, and just quit. Your faith weakens. And just for a few moments, doubts fill our hearts. That doesn't mean that you've lost your salvation. Everyone has doubts. But once you accept Jesus Christ and you believe on him, then your final fate is sealed. What it really means is that you're human. Just because we're saved doesn't mean our human frailties just go away in a puff of smoke. It's not that way. It does seem to me, just from reading what the Bible says about the life of Paul, that it would have been easy for Paul to lose heart. But he says, we faint not. And that little phrase is in the present tense active voice. Paul is saying, I never lose heart. He isn't bragging. It's just making a simple statement of fact. Paul had discovered a spiritual secret that enabled him to be encouraged even in the midst of circumstances that would have discouraged anyone else. Now, Paul's life was anything but easy. Consider two passages that speak of the problems Paul was forced to endure in his life. 2 Corinthians 1-8 through For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of the measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. Then in Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 29, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths oft. But the, of the Jews five times I received forty stripes save one. Thrice I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck, a day, night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Because those things that we are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Who is weak, and I am not weak? Who is offended, and I burn not? Yet, in the midst of all these trials, tribulations, and burdens, Paul was able to say, I never lose heart. When have you been beaten three times with rods? When were you stoned? When did you have a shipwreck? Hmm? But Paul was able to say, I never lose heart. Is there any one of you that can echo that statement? Is there anyone in the sound of my voice who can say, I never get discouraged. I never want to give up. I'm always encouraged, excited, and energized about my life and my walk with the Lord. I don't think there's anyone in the sound of my voice that can say that. We all stumble from discouragement to discouragement. We all want to quit from time to time. We all want to just stop and give no more because we feel that we've given all that we already can. Most, most of us are like David who say, and I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, 
for then I would fly away and be at rest. That's from Psalm chapter 55, verse 6. If we would be honest, we'd all have to admit that we would at times like to sprout a pair of wings and fly far away from the trials, tribulations, and troubles of this life. I know that I have been there many times. Well, there are times when leaving troubles and afflictions behind seems like the best option. I am far more interested in reaching the place where I can say what Paul said. I am far more interested in reaching a place where I can say, I faint not. I do not lose heart. I believe that place is available to every one of God's children. I believe that place is available to you today. In verse 16, we see a familiar struggle. As I've already said, it's easy to lose heart, isn't it? But the reason it is so easy is found in verse 16. Paul identifies a common struggle that we all face. Paul says, though our outward man perish. The reason it's so easy for us to lose heart is that the outer man is perishing. The outer man refers to the fleshly part of us. It encompasses both the body and the mind. The results of aging in the body and sin in the mind conspire to strip away the joy, hope, peace of heart and mind. We are told here that the outer man is perishing. The word perish means to rot, to run, to corrupt, to be destroyed. The word destroyed seems to fulfill the intended meaning here. The same word is used in a few other important verses. These verses drive home the power of this thought. Sell that ye have and give alms. Provide yourselves bags which wax not old. A treasure in the heavens that felleth not, where no thief approacheth, neither moss corrupteth. Luke chapter 12, verse 33. In the verse, the word corrupteth is the same word that is translated perish in our text. Like moss can destroy clothing, the outer man is eaten alive every single day. And the second angel sounded, and as it were a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea, and the third part of the sea became blood, and the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died. And the third part of the ships were destroyed. Revelation chapter 8 verses 8 through 9. The Bible tells us here that God will cast a great stone into the sea and one third of the world's ships will be capsized, consumed, and destroyed. It's the same word. Every day the outer man is being destroyed by the pain, problems, burdens, and trials that are thrown against it. The reason we are so prone to lose heart is because our outer man is being destroyed, corrupted, and ruined every single day. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer man, our body, our brain, our lungs, our liver, our heart, our muscles, and our bones are wasting away and are being destroyed, are being eaten away, are being capsized, are being consumed and being wiped out. The destruction of the outer man comes from two sources. Number one is the fallen nature. The whole natural world is under the curse of God because of sin. The world is under a curse of futility, pain, suffering, corruption, and death. Everyone in the sound of my voice, saved or lost, will waste away and die unless the Lord Jesus comes back first. That's the promise of the word of God. 
He said in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. We will waste away and we will die. We might die of old age and slip out into eternity in our sleep. We might die as a child or a young adult. We might have a sudden heart attack. We might get cancer and waste away slowly. We could be consumed by that evil disease called Alzheimer's. We might die suddenly in a car wreck. We might be struck by lightning. We might leave this world in any of 10,000 ways, but we will die. The outer man is perishing. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 reminds us that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That is, we will all live out our days in fragile jars of clay. One day the vessel will crack. It will break and we will fade away. That's the nature of life. If you've lived a while in this world, you know exactly what I'm talking about. These bodies are dying, and they die a little every day. Consider Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 1 through 7. The outer man is perishing. He's dying. He's rotting. He's broken. He's ruined. He's in the process of being destroyed, and the problems associated with his destruction causes us to lose heart. The second one is fallen men. Another element in this world that causes us to lose heart is other people. If fallen nature doesn't get you, fallen people will. The foolishness of a fallen man may cause him to get drunk, drive his car, and kill another person. The fallen nature leads fallen people to strap bombs on their bodies and walk into city buses and kill people. This fallen nature causes terrorists to go into shopping malls and kill people. The fallen nature causes evil groups like Hamas to enter into Israel to kill, maim, and terrorize God's chosen people. I'd certainly hate to be Hamas right now. And God bless Israel. Fallen people let us down. Fallen people hurt our feelings. Fallen people fail the Lord. Fallen people hurt us physically, verbally, emotionally, and spiritually, and this causes us to lose heart. That was Paul's experience. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8-10 through 10 says, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. And Second Corinthians chapter four verse twelve. So then, death worketh in us. It's our experience too. It's so easy to lose heart when life and people turn against you. It's so easy to come to the place where you want to quit, but you don't have to. You don't have to be defeated. You don't have to become a statistic. You don't have to be one of the people who used to walk with God. You don't have to be one of those people who used to go to church. You don't have to be one of those who used to be faithful. You can reach a place where you do not lose heart. You can reach a place where you can press on in spite of what presses you down. You can echo the incredible statement of the Apostle Paul, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish. Verses 17 through 18, it reveals a wonderful secret. What we need, what I need, is to come to the place that Paul came to. I want to reach the place where, though our outward man perish, I faint not. 
I want to come to the place where even though I am attacked from without and from within by a fallen nature and a fallen world, that I do not lose heart. I want to come to the place where I do not lose heart regardless of what is going on around me or in me. This text helps us to do just that. In these verses, Paul shares his secret of keeping heart even when life turns against him. Let's look at this wonderful secret while we need the help that it gives us too. The secret to not losing heart involves at least three important realizations. Number one, we are given fresh strength for every day. Paul reminds us that while the outward man is perishing, but the inward man is renewed day by day, the natural man, which includes the body and the mind, is dying every day. Every day, the mind and body are assaulted by the effects of sin and sinners. As a result, the constant attacks on the outward man is perishing. Because every day we die a little. Every day we lose a step. Every day we experience heartbreak, sorrow, pain, problems, and the effects of the curse of sin in this world. Every day we endure the problems with living in a world filled with sin and sinners. The things we see, hear, feel, and experience all work against us to cause us to lose heart. The outward man is continually being destroyed right before our very eyes. We can all relate to that. But while the outward man grows weaker and even nearer to the grave, the inner man is renewed day by day. The word renew here means to renovate. Every day the inner man is given new strength to face the trials of that day. Jesus said it this way, Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Matthew chapter 6 verse 34. While every day brings with it its unique problems, every day also comes with its own measure of grace from the hands of the Father in heaven. Here's his promise. This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning, and great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. Lamentations chapter 3, verses 21 through 26. And as thy days show shall thy strength be. Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 25. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. You see, the inner man is renewed every day, but we need to understand that this is not a one-time drink that guarantees us daily strength and renewal. The Lord is offering us a fountain from which we can drink every day. Drinking from the fountain, he offers us and promises us that the inner man will be renewed, renovated, and refreshed day by day, even while the outer man grows weaker and weaker. So each day has its own troubles. We saw in Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Thus each day demands its own supply of grace. The car of your life was not meant to run on yesterday's gas. You need to refill the tank every day. Your spiritual metabolism cannot survive on yesterday's meals. You need to eat fresh food today. 
The spiritual dosage that brought healing to your heart yesterday will not help your symptoms today. You need a fresh dose of the elements of a fresh day. Your bucket leaks. What you brought up from the well yesterday will not be sufficient for the trials you will be called on to face today. No spiritual fuel was designed to run your car for 10 years. No single spiritual meal will power your life for months at a time. No spiritual inoculation will cure the ailments of the new day. The inner man is renewed day by day. He is renewed by fresh fuel, fresh food, and fresh medicine. And what does this mean? It means you need to feed on the Word of God every single day. You need to pray to the Father every day. You need the fellowship of the saints every day. Going to church once a month will not get the job done. You need a fresh supply every day. It's no wonder that so many lose heart. They make no investment in the renewing on the inner man day by day. When was the last time that you spent time in prayer with God? They feed their bodies, but their their bodies are perishing. They put gas in their cars, and they keep the oil changed, and those cars are still perishing. We go to the doctor, take our medicines, and take care of our bodies, which are perishing. Yet we make no provision for the inner man, which must be renewed day by day. That's why we lose heart. We lose heart because we focus our attention on everything but the one thing that matters most in our lives. We take no thought for our relationship with God and for the renewing on the inner man day by day. Nothing we face in this life will last forever. Note carefully the language Paul uses here in chapters, verse 17 and verse 18. He says, our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Let's examine that for a minute, because it's not how it feels when the trials come, is it? It never feels life, and it never seems like light. It never seems like it's over in just a moment. The word affliction refers to tribulation, trouble, or pressure. The word light means easy. So here when Paul says the pressure, talks about the pressure and says that the pressure he's under is easy. Now, this is not how Paul explained his troubles earlier in the book. Here's what he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which comes to us in Asia, that we are pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. Wow. In that verse, Paul tells us that his troubles were more than he could handle. He says they pushed him beyond his natural bounds. It was literally more than he could take. But now he comes back and tells us that they are light. They're easy. They're merely here for a moment. That word moment means for the instant. What Paul is saying is this. The problems of life that seem so heavy right now, the troubles that seem as if they will never end, the burdens we think will break us under their weight, are really just weighty for the moment. He tells us that compared with the eternal weight of glory that we will experience when we arrive home in heaven, everything we face here is light and easy. Romans chapter 8 verse 18 says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Nothing we face here is worthy to be compared with the glory we will experience there. Our problem is this. We hear it, but we don't believe it. We hear it, but we don't believe it. What we believe is what we see. What we believe is what we feel. 
what we believe is the pressure that we feel. We never think that this is easy. You rarely hear a believer testify about their problems and say they're light. The reason Paul could say this and we can't is all about a matter of perspective. We have our eyes on the here and now. Paul has his on the then and there. In verse 18, Paul reveals the secret for not losing heart when life tries to kill you. He says that everything in this world is temporal. It's merely here for a short time and it will pass away. But what we can't see, those things that are ours in heaven, are eternal in nature. We will groan for a few days here, but we will rejoice for endless ages there. We will feel pain here for a short time, but we will experience his glory there forever. The psalmist said it this way, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. That's Psalms chapter 30, verse 5. I love Psalms. The secret for not losing heart is maintaining the proper perspective. Ask the Lord to help you get your eyes off what you can see and help you to look beyond this world to the glory that awaits in his presence. That's how Moses made it. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 27. That was how Abraham made it. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into the place which he should after receive for an inheritance obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange company, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 10. It was also how Stephen made it. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Acts chapter 7 verse 55. That is how you will make it. Remember, it did not come to stay. It came to pass. Everything we face in life has meaning. Paul tells us that our affliction worketh for us, and that's an amazing statement. When things happen in our lives, and we often look at them that way, we, when things happen in our lives that way, we often look at them and think that they are meaningless. We wonder how anything that painful, that senseless, that tragic can have any meaning, but it does. If you're a child of God, nothing that happens in your life is meaningless. Everything that takes place is all a part of your father's plan to develop you as his child. Just a reminder, God didn't save you to make you happy. He didn't save you to bless you. He saved you to make you like Jesus. And that is his eternal purpose. Here's how Paul said it. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestine to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Romans chapter 8, verses 28 through 29. That doesn't mean your life as a Christian is meaningless, although it sometimes appears that way. You know, consider the life of John the Baptist. John was a fearless preacher. One day John dared to care to tell King Heron that he had sinned against God by marrying his brother's wife. Herod cast John into prison. John languished there for 16 months. And one night Herod had a party. At that party, the teenage daughter of his wife was called to dance before the men assembled at the feast. She came and danced a sexually arousing dance. 
Herod was so moved that he offered to give her anything she wanted, up to half his kingdom. She consulted with her mother. And after doing so, she told to ask for the head of John the Baptist on the platter. She went back to the king and made that request, which Herod fulfilled. Meaningless. The greatest man living in the world at that time, according to the testimony of Jesus himself in Matthew 11, 11, was executed to satisfy the depraved whims of a wicked mother and her foolish daughter. So listen to me. When cancer comes and drains away your life, it's not meaningless. When your heart breaks and your dreams shatter, it's not meaningless. When your car fails mechanically and someone you love dies, it's not meaningless. Pastor, when you struggle with problems in the ministry, it is not meaningless. Parents, when you struggle with your children and their decisions, it's not meaningless. When the tragedies of this life pile on you one after another and you are broken, weary, and battered, it's not meaningless. No, these things are working for you. They are for your benefit. And one day, when this life is over and you step out of time and into eternity, you will find yourself relieved from the light afflictions afflictions of the moment and swallowed up in the far and exceeding eternal weight of glory. How can we not lose heart? We do it by seeing that the inward man is renewed day by day. We do that by preaching to ourselves. We do that by reminding others of the truths found in this passage. Remember, we're earthen vessels. We're weak, and we need a power that's outside ourselves if we're to stand. You know, verses 8 through 13 remind us that we will be troubled here because Jesus was troubled here. God is doing in us what he did in him, and God is revealing himself through us just like he did through Jesus. Verse 14 reminds us that God has a plan in all this. He will see us through the storms of life and deliver us safely home to glory. Verse 15 reminds you that everything you have in life is for the glory of God. And again, it reminds you that life is not about you, about what you want, or about how you feel. Life is about God receiving glory in all things. Preach this truth to yourself every day. Live the truth of who you are in Jesus Christ. You're a pilgrim and a stranger to this world. You're just a person passing through this world on your way home. Along the way, you will be disillusioned, defeated, and discouraged, but you don't have to lose heart. As we prepare to move into the new year, please think carefully about your life. Make a New Year's resolution to continue the renewing of the inner part of who you are. Make a resolution to be that Christian that God called you to be. Do not lose heart. Amen.